0: Good morning, House of Freedom. I am Latoya Simon. So, my story. Whew, Jesus. In September, I joined Taylor Made Ministry by God, Sister Jennifer's Prayer Line. I was lost. I've always known who God was. I was one of those kids you drug to church, it wasn't an option. I was told, you're going to go serve God. As I got older, I wanted things on my own. I didn't need his help. I had it. And I started noticing my life went left instead of right. What they told me I could have, I wasn't having it. So I joined this line, and I'm like, Sister Dominique invited me. But I started watching her life. I'm like, hey, that's that candy I need. So I got on. So we had an assignment that we had to pray for five things for 30 days. At this time, I have no faith. I'm going to just do it because she said I had to do it, like we do in school. When your teacher tells you to do an assignment, you do it. So I'm doing it, not expecting anything to come out. So I started praying. They started October 11th. I missed the date. So I started October 12th. On the line, I would tell them, y'all, I want a new house. But I keep riding by this neighborhood, but I don't go because I ain't going to get it. I go ride by, I look at them, and I, me and my kids, and I'm like, yeah, I like that. We're going to have that, that big house. I said it, but I didn't mean it because I couldn't get it. So we ended our 30 days. I ended my 30 days November the 12th. I had went. Sister Jennifer told me to go to the home and mark your territory. So we laughed about it on the line. You tell her to mark it like she a pet. Well, I was God's pet that day. And I went to a model home, and I used the restroom. And I came out laughing. I had a baby that I babysit. He was like, Yay. He was proud of me for using the restroom. So I'm like, I started laughing and I'm like, okay. Two weeks went by and I hadn't heard nothing. I wasn't denied. I wasn't approved. I wasn't a subject to get it. I was nobody. In my head, I started hearing it. But then I started thinking about it. He moved when he wants to move. Not when we want him to move, when he's telling us it's time. You're not ready yet. So in my prayer, I said, Father God give me a five-bedroom house three bathrooms and let it be mine I was always told you gonna be on food stamps you gotta have housing you gotta work for somebody I'm a business owner I don't even qualify for the government assistance they said I'm supposed to live on but I was renting from somebody else I'm paying somebody else's bills I call And I said, I haven't heard nothing. And the lady said, hold on. (laughs) The reason you ain't got a phone call, your loan officer's on vacation. I started laughing. I said, okay. All right, so tell me what I need to do. She said, forward me your info and let me work on it. She said, I'm going to call you back in five minutes. This woman called me back in five minutes. Me and Sister Dominique standing outside talking. The lady calls me back and she says, Well, Miss Simon, I got some news for you. I said, okay. She said, you pre-approved. How y'all just yelled, what I just did is what I did. I stood there. I looked at Dominique. Okay. She said, Miss Simon, you're pre-approved. I said, okay. In my mind, pre-approved means I still got to go get my credit check to get it. But God told her, you're pre-approved. So I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't know. So I say, ma'am, that's my house? That's mine, like it's mine. She She said, well, you still got to go do what you got to do. I said, okay. So Dominique, so hollering too. I said, well, then I was right. So we praising God in in the front of my rental house about my house. I go over to to the office. And the guy, my my sales consultant's name is Jeremiah. So when I hear his name, I didn't pay attention to his name at first. He was just Jeremiah, the sales consultant. So I started thinking about it, and I said, hmm, a biblical man's name is over me getting a house. Okay. I said, sir, I want a five-bedroom, three-bath house. He said, your qualification amount is not the amount of a five-bedroom so you can't get it. The first thought, fleshly, I ain't get what I want. But I couldn't do it. As soon as I tried to think like that, it was something, I couldn't do it. I couldn't think negative. I said, all right, go show me my house you say I can have. I go, he shows me a four-bedroom, two-bath house. Then he goes and shows me a four-bedroom, three-bath house in a study. I start laughing. He said, what's wrong, Ms. Simon?" I say, man said, this is a four-bedroom, three-bath, and a study. But God said, this is your five-bedroom and three-bath that you asked me for. So not only did I receive my blessing that he said I could have, but I also showed man, somebody that I don't even know if he do talk to God, but I showed him. So you use me as a testimony for somebody while he was using me as a customer. I was able to let him know that God said I could have a five-bedroom, three-bath house. Now, the catch to the story is in my bank account. <laughs> I had, my house is worth $250,000. Y'all know you got to put a down payment on the house, right? So the guy says $250,000. I say, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to do about that? <laughs> And he says, Well, you're a veteran. So the VA gonna have you covered. So I say, okay. But I gotta put down something. Y'all, so I get my app and I open up my phone. My bank account says 0.33. 33 cents. I close my app. What do I need to do next? He said, You go okay? Oh yeah, I'm good what I need to do next he said you gotta sign this contract and you gotta pay $50 today I said alright so I signed the contract I text my husband hey you got $50 in your bank account right <laughs> so he texted me back and he says yeah so I say here you go sir and I give him the card he go well you gotta have this amount by three weeks before the house need to have $5,000 sitting in your bank account do you have a problem with that? I said, nope. He said, why? Because you told me I couldn't have a five-bedroom, three-bath house, and I got it. So why can't I have $5,000 and I only got 33 cents when you need it? I am now in the sheetrock process of my five-bedroom, three-bath house that he said I couldn't have, that I now have. So y'all don't have faith Understand, he give you another chance to come back. He give you another opportunity. But it wasn't by mistake that First Lady said, and and Minister Kesey said, line up, get in alignment. Y'all, I say it all the time, I'm not lined up. Sister Jennifer, help me get lined up. Y'all, I'm so in alignment that if my body feels like it's leaning, it automatically. Stand up straight. I'm no longer out of alignment. So if this testimony can help anybody, don't let man tell you what you can't have. Because our God said, go get your home. So now, Toya, that's supposed to be on government assistance, is now a homeowner. I'm supposed to rent. I own it. And I'm a business owner. God bless y'all.
1: Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. The Bible says, rejoice with them that rejoice. Come on, y'all celebrate God in this place. Come on, celebrate the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Because he's that good to his people. He's that good to his people. You know, and I love it. It looks like the way God operates is so beautiful. Because every time man say no, or the odds are stacked you, or it doesn't look like it's supposed to happen. But I'm learning as I walk with God, that's just setups. That's setups for him to show what he can do. Ain't that beautiful? I mean, look at all the wonderful things that God is doing. I'm excited as we get ready, amen, for the word. I, Come on, y'all stand up and give the Lord just a thunderous hand clap. Just celebrate him. Give him some glory because he's worthy. He's awesome. He's wonderful. Do I have any worshipers? See, when you worship something, you just throw adjectives at it because you just keep describing it as wonderful, magnificent, awesome, powerful, splendid. Amen. And y'all might not understand why I'm always excited about the Lord. Because when he take you through things, you know, the Bible calls it walking with the Lord. When you walk with the Lord through life, through your ups and downs, your hills and valleys, and he keeps you every time. How many of you know he's a keeper? He'll keep your mind. Amen. He'll keep your health. He'll keep your strength, Amen. He'll keep you in good operating capacity, and I just love him today. I'm thankful, Amen. As we get ready to go into the Word of God, come on up here and stand up here, woman of God, Amen. I didn't even see her on the prayer line this week. Look like she went hibernate trying to find a word for God's people. I'm right, huh? You disappeared on us, huh? She just went hibernate to make sure she had a word for the people. Uh, amen. Y'all give the woman of God a nice welcome, Amen. As she come, Amen, to bless the house today. I know the Lord has spoken a word to her heart, Amen. And I just thank God for, Amen. We met a long time ago in college. Like I said, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm gonna just say over two decades for this over two decades, amen, and we cross paths again, and it's just beautiful to see her love for God, the way she loves God, the way she loves this work that we're doing, and I just thank God for her, and I just pray that God use you today, all right, y'all give her a hand clap.
2: Dropping it. So that's just how I am. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's an honor to be before you guys. I don't take this lightly. Um, you know, when they were told that I had to act to minister, I kind of got a little shaken a little bit um, because you know, preaching the word of God, uh, being used by God, it, it, it takes you outside of your comfort zone. It's not like being behind the screen, behind stream yard. You know, you really have to really spend time with God, retreat, and get into his presence and to speak what God said. Not what Monique wanted to say, not what man wants you to say, but what is God saying. Dive into that word to get that revelatory insight of what is God speaking in this hour concerning his people. But the message has to hit me first before I can deliver it to the masses. And when I mean masses, not just the house of freedom, but if those that have an ear to hear and an eye to see and a heart that's no longer hardened, but able, open to receive what God has to say in this hour. And so tonight, today, you know, just hearing um, before, it's just funny how God set all these things up because I had my laptop in the back. I was ready. I was talking to Jessica. We were just, oh, I got this. I told kids I'm going to do all this. I'm going to be dressed down. It didn't go nothing like that. God, like you're going to do what you've always been doing. You've been studying. Bring that Bible, not your phone, that Bible, and do it the way I've already taught you. Amen, amen. And so today, um, we're going to talk about, you know, I want to touch on Marina's testimony. And so I don't think she understood. Every time I would see her, that guilt I had, she didn't know. But Kizzy and Jennifer, them all know the guilt I had when she got into that accident. Because I don't know many knew that Marina was supposed to, um, to be the praise and worship person for the encounter. And so we were already in preparation for the encounter when I heard that Marina got into this accident. I went, I, was, I was holding that guilt because I blamed the warfare. I thought it was the warfare that I was enduring, that she was part of. Marina and I, maybe with that five years ago, that she performed at Miami Girl Conference. She was a worshiper there. And that day, one of my uh, mentee, well, my advisor, she had gotten a car accident. So when, Marie, when it happened to Marina, I was telling kids, I said, oh my God, I, don't, I, I feel so bad, you know, there's warfare, you know, and all this, and I carried that guilt, and I would really pray. I literally would pray, and every time I would see her, I would smile, I say, "Lord, I know she's going to walk, I know she's going to walk, I know she wants to walk, I know she's going to walk. to say I kept praying, I kept prophesying, and every time she would come through that door, I would get, that guilt would begin to break away, because I was carrying that guilt, no one knew. I didn't even tell kids I was there. I was like, oh, you know, she's thinking everything okay. But I was carrying that guilt, and today I broke free today. I broke free. I broke free no longer that I have to carry that guilt. No longer I got to carry it. I'm going to wear that grave clothes that took place in May that I was wearing, and no one else saw that grave clothes I was wearing. But today it falls off today. And that's where the topic today is. Grave clothes. It's time to let go of that grave clothes. It is time for House of Freedom to let loose of that grave clothes. God has redeemed you. He has forgiven you. He has cleansed you up with His Word. Why are you still wearing the grave clothes? You're no longer in that tomb. When God said rise up, He spoke life into you. But you're still wearing, you're still bound to their dirty deeds. You're still bound to your past. You're still bound to religion. You're still bound to their addiction. You're still bound to the word of man, curses, and everything. But God said, I come to give you life and to have it much abundantly. But you choose just to have life. But you choose, you opt yourself out of the abundant life because you choose to wear the grave clothes. When the Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace, the Bible said that you couldn't even smell the smoke on them. They came out brand new. But some of you are, God said, I'm, look, I made you brand new, but you keep putting on that gray clothes. You keep walking around, hunt over, when I straighten you up. You keep walking around with a sad face when I gave you joy. But God said, today, Will be your last day that you wear the grave clothes. Today you will wear the garment of praise. Today you will wear the fruit of the spirit. Today you will wear that to wear the armor of God. Today you will look like God. You will be a reflection of who he is. No longer you look like your past. You look like the new creature that God created you to be. But you got to believe. You got to believe. It's about faith. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. You have to have faith faith would only move him. He's not moved by your tears. He's not moved by your complaints. He's not moved by your murmuring. He's not moved by your situation. He is moved by your faith. It's okay to grieve, but you grieve with hope. You grieve with hope. Why? Because I'm seeking God for a better tomorrow. I'm thinking God for a better day. I'm thinking God I won't be in that dark place no more. I'm thinking God I won't be broke. I'm thinking God that I won't be homeless. I'm thinking God that I won't be hungry. I'm thinking God. Whatever it is, but you have to believe. Amen. 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 So we're going to my um, we're gonna come from the book of John, verse 11. That's my foundational text. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to go into prayer, and we'll go let the Lord do what he's going to do. If anybody knows me, I'm not conventional. I'm not traditional. I move and flow as he says, as he leads me. But I, I do, and I, I have no doubt that you will leave this place transformed. I have no doubt that you will be leaping over the stones, that same stone that have held you back and that hold you down. I have no doubt because he said he would. And if he say it, it shall be so. It shall be so. But you have to what? Believe. It's all contingent upon your faith. It's all contingent upon your faith. It is faith that I'm here. It is faith when, when the enemy tried to take me out when I was a, a baby. It was faith when the enemy tried to take me out when I was living in Houston, Texas, and I was driving down 45, and a white van came out of nowhere and side-swiped me, and, the, and my, heart, my, my jetter was crushed in, and the cop was so under like, how do you come out of the lot? And I was not in the word that time. I was still sinning, but he covered me. It was faith that kept me when I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And when he did, say said, but when he removed that cervix, and I went back next year, and the woman of God, who was my doctor, was a pastor herself, and she said that, you know what, I don't see a trace of HPV because HPV is the cause of cervical cancer. And I was just beginning to rejoice, rejoice. And that's been 10 years, and I'm still cancer free in the name of Jesus. So it took belief, my belief, because even when I was in the world, I still believed. I still believe in God. Even when I was Catholic, I still believe in God. I believe in, I'm going to say, that. It's Jesus Christ. I still believe in Jesus. That he, was, that he is the son of God. I just wasn't ready to give myself to him. I just wasn't ready, to and I wanted... I love the men. I love the, 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 the weed. I love doing what I wanted to do. I love going to the club. I love being with the politician and, and talking and all these things and, and devalue my values, the belief of God. But I changed when I gave myself to him. I no longer believe in the things that the political world believe in. I no longer love the club life. I no longer love the weed. I no longer, when I, me and Jennifer were in Philadelphia and I, God accidentally gave me some drink. Boy, oh, you think I wasn't tempted? Jennifer, the, the people on the side of me, the older, older white couple, was on the side of me and trying to encourage me. Jennifer think, give me that thing. Oh, I was tempted, but I didn't do it because I was on on assignment. I love God too much. I told God this week when I was in isolation with him, I love you too much to go to hell. I refuse to go to hell for anybody. Yes, I'm talking about hell. The brimstone fire. I I love you too much, Lord. Whatever that you want to do, I'm going to get right with you. What it is in me, God. What is in me that I need to change? What is in me, God, I need to be healed, delivered, set free? What is in me, God, that is displeasing to you? What is in me, God, that's keeping me from moving forward, keeping me from transitioning to the next place in you? What is it is that's keeping me from being a millionaire? What is it is that's keeping me, God, fulfilling my dream, the getting the desire of my heart? What is it is? I had to check myself because daily we should die daily. We should cross and damn ourselves daily. That's how we hear God. That's how we change. Because there's a there's a, person, a friend I have named named Leviathan named Pride. Pride will come. I always like tell him he's my fake friend. He's that fake friend, and always I gotta put that fake friend in check. Oh no, I know something wrong because Pride want to tell you there's nothing wrong with you. Pride didn't want to tell me that I was walking around with that grave clothes. Pride didn't want to tell me that I was still grieving, guilty, feeling guilty about something that's hurt that that she what she had to go through. But I made in mine. But today, no longer, we're going to walk around with the guilt. Amen. Amen. John 11, verses four, verses one to four four, and then we're going to skip down to, we're going to skip down to 39, OK? John chapter 11, we're going to start with verse one. We're going to go to one to four, and then we're going to drop down to 39. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany. Lazarus is a Hellenism, it's a Greek version form for the word, it's Eleazar. Eleazar means God is help or God is my support. E-L stands for, L means God. Azard means help. I want you to keep that in mind, because everything, every word has a purpose and its meaning. Words had purpose and meaning. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness, this sickness, is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I'm here to tell you right now that whatever that you're going through will not lead to death. It will not lead to destruction. It will not hold you back. It is for the glory of God. It's for God to be glorified. No matter what you're going through, it will not lead you to death. Marina showed that. She showed a testimony. That is not coincidence that God would allow her today to share that testimony. What could have led to death? led to this moment that God was glorified that he was a healer. He put those doctors to shame. He put the anesthesiology, he put the, um, the x-ray technician to shame. It doesn't matter what it looked like on the x-ray, but what God said. So whatever that you're going through, God said that whatever is not going to lead to death, it won't lead to destruction. But only do know that all these things happen, so I can be glorified. So you know that God has sent, and we're going to get down there. Who did God send? All right. So, Holy Spirit, help me to slow down. So, the sixth would not not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. We're going to drop down to 39. Matter of fact, let's go to 35. Jesus wept. Then the Jews say, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he had been dead for a day. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Many of y'all are able to see the glory of God. You are able to see your healing. You are able to see your breakthrough because of your lack of faith but also you allow people to come to intervene what God is trying to do in your life to tell you, remind you about your past, to remind you about the current situation, to remind you what the man said. But God said in this hour that you will see my glory but if you believe, blessed those that have a pure heart, they shall see God. If you want to see God to have a pure heart, you have to be willing, fully committed to God. Your mind has to be set on God so you understand how God moves, you understand what God is going to do, you understand no matter what anybody says that god is going to move he understand I need you don't get that in your head house of freedom that where is how the freedom is going god say that anything that tries to come in the way of what how the freedom is going That understand that God will remove those things you as house of, as the individual person got to learn how to mute those people that try to tell you will never be a millionaire that try to tell you won't be a business owner that try to tell Jesus never judge. He said, I didn't come to judge. I come to save. But the one that sent me will judge, that sent will judge you. The one that sent you will judge you. The one that sent you will judge you. You have no authority or power. I can judge you what you do. But I can't judge who you are. I can't tell you going to hell. But I can tell you if you do this, this would lead you to hell. Stop letting people that people don't have the power. Right. Jesus didn't roll the stone. Jesus told Mary to roll that stone. She was, told, she was so worried about what it perhaps was in her natural mind, but she couldn't see spiritually. You got to surround yourself with people that understand, understand what you're seeing. They understand your vision. They're going where you're going. Because you got people that are over here, and you up here, you try, he, they are trying to catch up with you. They can't roll, they're not spiritually strong or spiritually mature to, to remove that stone. Many of you are spiritually malnourished. You lack because you're not spending enough time with God and you lack faith. And your lack of faith comes from your lack of relationship with God. If you lack relationship with God, you lack relationship with people. You, you're unable to be relational to people if you don't have a relationship with God. Because God is true love, He's the only one who can show you that, what true relationship is. And so I say that many of us are connected to people that can help us to roll that stone. That can help us to get up. That can help us to move forward. Why? Because they embodied themselves. She was embodied in grief. She was grieving over her brother. She still, even though she was married, that worshiped him, that loved him, that loved to be at his feet. But she was grieving. She was grieving. She couldn't see what Jesus was saying. Though she believed. That he was the son of God. She believed that. But she didn't believe that it would work. She didn't believe that it's how she still was not there spiritually mature. Many of us, we think that we are spiritually mature, but we're not. The Bible says that God doesn't want us to be remain on the babe level. He does not wish us to remain on the elementary thing, things. That's doctrinal. What God wanted to invent, that's revelatory insight. That revelatory insight coming from having a relationship with the Father. If I spend time with Him in isolation with Him, inst- insulating in His presence, in His glory, God will show you things that you never seen before. Because He said, You call upon my name, I will answer, and I will show you things that you never seen before. But they only come if I have a relationship with the Father. It's not come for me. I can read the word all day. But if I don't have revelatory insight, what good did it do? It won't change me. It won't do anything because it's just text. What right. revelatory insight give you the ability to translate that to the people? Jesus spoke in parables. I don't know why I'm going here. Jesus spoke in parables because that was a way that he can get the people to understand what was taking place in the spirit. So Jesus had a dialect. We talk about the speaking of tongue, but there's a the, the divert tongue that the, diff, uh, the diverse tongue, not only talking about able to speak different tongues language but the ability to be able to translate to different people speak their dialect speak, they speak to them based on their understanding Amen. when Pastor Lee goes to outreach he can speak to those men it amazed me that how he can talk to those men and those men listen to him if I came to those men they probably wouldn't take me seriously but he knew the, how to translate God's word to him God gave him an approach he gifted him with an approach how to translate God's love and message to him. This comes from revelatory insight, allowing God to speak to you and show you, to direct. We lead not unto our own understanding, but in all way we, we are not, that God will direct our path. So God will direct us if you submit unto Him. Submitting. Him. So here go Mary. Tell Jesus, not just Jesus. On oh, the son of God, you don't see him cast out devil, you don't see him healing people, you don't see him do all kinds of things. But you tell him that he didn't, you know, he's been there, he stinks like Jesus don't know. Don't you can't stand when people do that? They talk to you like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, come on now, you know, I know, but you do know. So, Jesus has the reminder. He said, Let me go back. He said, he said, Did I not tell you if you believe that you will see the glory? I want to make sure I'm in my white tech. Let's see, I'm 39. Uh, yeah. Did I not tell you that if you would believe that you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you, have heard, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by I say this, that they believe that you sent me. I'm going to repeat that again. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me, Father. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus already knew that God already sent him. Jesus already knew the sign. He understood the assignment, but the people didn't. They, he had to do all this so they would believe that he was sent by God. Let's think about how many people that we have to question, that we persecute, mock, chitter-chatter, backbite, gossip about. Because we don't believe that they are sent by God. Come on. This is the same Jesus that was at the synagogue at the age of 13. And the Bible declared that they were amazed of his vast knowledge and wisdom. That same Jesus, 30 years old. And they, they don't believe him. They get audacity to say that he is a possessed by demons. Mm. But yet there was others believe that he is the son of God. And there's some that believe that he is the son of God, but I'm, nah, I'm, not, I'm not willing to go out like that. I'm not willing to let go of that past. Come on, come on. You want me to let go of this? You want me to let go going to Miami moon? You want me to let go of going to, you know, you want me to let go of just sitting there and not doing anything? I just want to sit at my, at my like my mom said, at my good address and sit there and just Netflix and chill. No. There's some people they do believe here. They're just not ready. They're not willing to fully commit to God. They that means that they they are still bound to their own thought and their own flesh. But there are those that just don't believe at all. They you don't look like what God said you that you are. You don't speak eloquently. Oh, you don't speak perfect or accurate. Oh, you missed a couple words in the Bible. Or oh, maybe you don't dress like them. Because I sure don't dress like it at all. I was told by my own family member that women wearing the weave and the nail, that, you know, I just feel like they're too ambitious. And then all these things, I thought, oh, really? So when they were in the world, they were loving we. When they were before they came into Christ, or so they believed, so her thought was, because everybody wanna look like Juanita Bonham. I said, well, that can't be it because this new, this millennial don't know one about So I said, so your research, your data, because I'm data-driven, if anybody know me, is false. But that was her perception. She had a religious mindset. She, was, she grew up Catholic. That wasn't, that's not ideal in her eyes. So it's my, my job to try to prove to her that God sent me. Cause she believes who I am. She believes I'm anointed. Because she's my family. She's common with me. So I have to. I have to what? Readjust myself with the common folk. So I can respond. The Bible says, "Do not premeditate what you ought to say beforehand when you are standing before the synagogue, before the Sanhedrin." Sanhedrin means assemble, assembly. I don't have to premeditate. All I have to do is let God give me the wisdom yes, yes. to speak that my, he, the Bible says my phones can refute it. So I listened to her, and I'm like, okay. He said, you know, maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe I said, oh, you're being honest. I, res- I always tell people, I respect you for being honest with me. Tell me the truth. Tell me how you feel. Come to me. I'm not the type of person that don't want to listen to you. Tell me how you feel. Not if I, if I don't receive it, I, I may receive it, but I'm not going to, let me take that back. I'm going to hear you out, but I'm not going to receive it as true. So I didn't get out of character. Because just like Jesus, and I'm, go, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Because even in the very beginning of the text, the disciple questioned Jesus. When Jesus wanted to go to Bethany, they didn't want him to go. They said, you sure you want to go there? They just stone you in John 10. They just tried to stone you. They just called you a demon and possessed. So what Jesus said, it's better, that I, it's better that I'm not there for your sake. Because for you to believe and God will be the father, will be glorified. That's the beginning of John 11. Jesus said those that choose to walk, he said at 12 hours in a day. Those that choose to walk at night will stumble because they can't see their way to go. He was talking about lack of understanding. He was talking about fear. Fear blinds you. Many of us are wearing this veil that we're so blinded that we can't see what God is trying to show us. We're so blind about only what we know, only what we were taught. And we never got the opportunity, we never took the time to go to the Father to allow him to remove that veil. For let me tell you something, that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was already torn. But you decided, I'm going to wear this veil. And the Bible says that because they love darkness so much. that So they love darkness, they want to wear the veil. They want to wear the shroud that's on their face that's binding them. They blinded by their guilt, their grief. They blinded by their hurt, their own issue. They bound. They blinded by jealousy and envy because of lack of lack of worthiness, lack of lack of belief about themselves. When God said, "You are called," that you are anointed, that you are my workmanship. Another version said, "That you are my masterpiece. I created you for my glory. You are my glory. You are my glory. You are my glory." There's nothing, no, no devil, no ain't nothing can separate the love of God from you. If God calls you, there's nothing that you can go through or take away the call or strip you of the anointing. On. The only thing that we're supposed to be stripping is those grave clothes. Amen. Hebrew, telling, Hebrew chapter 12 tells us what? Strip away the very thing that will what? That will slow you down. The thing that is holding you back. But I cannot tell you that Marina and Lataria and all Jamaica and all of them came, shared that testimony because they same script in Philippians said what? I mean, Hebrews say what? There's a the cloud of witness to testify the God that we serve. They're cheering you on. The testimony is to encourage you, to empower you. God is about to do some mighty thing at the house of freedom that's going to blow the minds of people. There's some people that refuse to remove that grave cloth of religion that own but understand when God said the blessing that's on this house is on the people that's in this house because you belong to this house. I want you to get that understanding that the only for house the freedom to get free the people got to get free. We got to be moving one way. Jesus comes to stay what? He comes to seek and say with his loss. He wept, not because of the death of his friend. He wept because of people. They were still bound, bonded. They still didn't believe. They had, they were grieving. They were hopeless. He wept because he, 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 ever did just saying like, man, I can't believe this person's still in the same situation. I can't believe it. I mean, this person becoming a church, he on the altar, and she hadn't changed. Man, can you, it's, I mean, you ever, and it, it, he wept because they were lost. The Bible said that the one version, in new, a new international version said this. He said that Jesus was, he said he, Jesus was trouble. That Jesus was trouble. Trouble I means to be, to be upset, to be grieved, to be vexed. It hurting him. it upsetting him to see his people. God's people, his children, the children of God. The, the apple of God's eyes. The chosen people. Lack of faith. A faithless generation. A generation that compromised with the world because they can't see God. They refused to see him in a new light. The light of Jesus Christ. They wanted to see Jesus through the doctrine of what, but they had no revelatory insight of the prophet, the book of the prophet. And Isaiah talked about Jesus coming riding on the coat. That's John 12, uh, John 10. Talked about that. How the even disciples didn't even understand what was going on, that he was getting glorified. But Isaiah spoke it, he said, Oh, daughter, all Zion. That your king is coming riding on a coat? When the people glorified Jesus is that when the disciple had the revelatory insight of who Jesus was and of that text. It is when you begin, the Bible, Jesus said in John 12, he said, what? If they lift me up, what? Drawing men unto me. This is why praise and worship and sharing our testimony is so powerful, so potent. Because it draws people to Christ. My question to you, what are you doing to draw people to Christ Jesus? What testimony are you sharing to the world to prove the evidence that Christ, the God that you proclaim, that you profess, have done these things? What, what, what have you shown to people that have you ever just ministered to somebody and just told, that let God use you fully or do you run away? Wherever that you are, Wherever that God placed you, whatever industry that you're in, God used you. He put you in that industry to use you for his glory. When I'm at United Way and I can stay, I don't care. God put me there and he used me mightily. I don't boast about it because the glory, because longer he gets the glory, but before I step into that office, I get the oil and I wipe down, pray over my office. I pray over the phone. When I, before I get in the office, I begin to pray for every person that come across that, come across my, my path, and allow God to use me. Use me, Father. So how is God is using you where you are? How is God using you when you're refereeing? How is God is using you when you're in the gym? How is God is using you when you're out there selling, leveling up? How is God using you? Are you using that time to show Christ? Are you using that time to show the God that you serve? Are you using that time to minister unto them? Or do you just sit silently? Oh, this is not the right time to talk about Christ. This is not the time to talk about this. No, it's always. The Bible says in season, out of season. We should always preach Christ. It's time to remove that grave clothes. If you're still hesitant about doing that, you're still bound. That I means you need to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off that shroud. Shroud represents grave clothes. Shroud is what the, the Jews the use to dress, the, uh, dress the, the, the body that is dead before they bury them. So when Jesus called forth Lazarus, and he, and he noted that the Bible said that what? That the napkin, the veil... The linen was on the head and also on the body. I want to start with the head. That some of you all got that shroud on your head, that old mindset, that, that old mindset. You haven't changed that mindset. The mind is the last thing to be renewed. It's the last thing. When you are reborn, your spirit's reborn. But the mind is the last thing that needs to be renewed, and that's by the washing of the word. Committing, fully committing yourself to the word of God, fully committing to God, the attribute of God. If I keep my mind on the thing that is true, that are lovely, that is uh that is of virtue, that is praiseworthy, that is noble, that is right, that is just, He will keep me in my mind in perfect peace. The Bible says, mind these things. If I focus on him. If I focus on Him, I'm constantly going through Him, spending time with Him. And it goes beyond just studying your word. It's about spending time with the Father, spending time with Jesus. Revelation talks about stop. He wants to stop with us. Jesus is knocking on many of your doors, and you were not open for Him to dine with you. He wants to have dinner with you. For my women, my single women, you weren't about being lonely when Jesus is knocking on your door. You don't want to open that door for him. But you want to open up that door for that man, for baby, for Pookie, for doo-doo, whatever his name is. When Jesus wants to what? Jesus wants to dine with you. He wants to stuff with you. He wants you to teach him about him. He wants you to learn about him. He wants to let you know I'm the husband to the backslider. He wants you to know that I'm the savior. I'm the king of kings. I'm the real king. He wants to know that, that you are never the Lord. I would never forsake you. I would never abandon you. I would never neglect you. I'm a man of my word. I honor my word more than my name. He's knocking on the door. But you don't want to open that door for him. Because you still got that grave clothes on. You still got that world. Like I'm talking about my believer. I'm talking about my women in Christ. You still got locked in Little taste of that bad boy. I feel, You still got some of that worldly mindset. When God said, uh, 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 uh. You a new creature, I'm going to give you a new creature. The Bible says that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. But back it up on Star that God ordered the step of a righteous man. So if he ordered the step of a righteous man, surely that man that finds a good thing has to be righteous. Right, Lottie? So if he's a righteous man, he's looking for a righteous woman because only with a righteous woman he'll get favor. Are you favor? Yes, yes, yes. Take off the gray clothes. I don't need to look at you and still see the, the clothes you wore in the club. And I mean to spiritually. I'm talking spiritually. You're still trying to do it the move you used to do back in that day. Girl, you know it. Girl, I, girl he know, he know. No, I don't know. Let's talk about our men. You still, you, come on. That's a whole different topic. You shop, you're warning somebody DM every five minutes. I need to know when you're spending time with God. I need to know you, oh, you're my wife and everything. Hmm. I I don't, I don't see that. You still trying to, you still wearing that Mac Daddy fornicating lustful clothing. I say all of this, we have to change our attire. When you are a new creature in Christ, you not to look the same. I should to see the glory on you. When Moses came from the mountaintop, that, that he was covered in the glory. I want to, we should be seeing the glory when you come out of this place. When you come out of fast, we should see the glory on you. When you're a new creature in Christ, people know, mm, yeah, you are marked with a steel. He has sealed you with his spirit. You are to wear meekness, wear what? Joy. Wear charity. You should trade in those old dead clothes and put on a garment of praise and wear that crown. Not just the crown of righteousness, but that crown of beauty that he's given you for your ashes. of you got the crown is dusty. It's dusty. It's exactly. Time to clean it up. That is a sign. God's indication that you need to get yourself cleaned up. How do I go through that? I need to repent. I need to repent. Oh, that word that we don't like. That's become my favorite word because every day I'm repenting. Lord, Lord, I repent for things I don't remember. Please bring it to my remembrance, Lord, because I know sometimes my my way, you know, is not your way, you know. I know my faith to express it may not be joyful all the time, you know. So I have to ask God to forgive me and repent. Lord, I repent. Change me, Lord. Daily I ask God to change me, change my mindset, change my heart. I don't want my heart to be hardened, Lord. I want it to be stark and made of flesh like yours. I want it to be watered as snow. Renew within me a right spirit, a righteous spirit, your Holy Spirit. Renew within me your glory, God, so I could be a reflection of who you are. So when they see me, Father, they see you, not me. They see my future, but not my past. They see you, how you brought me out of darkness into your marvelous light. Father, allow them to see that I am a child of light and no longer the child of darkness. Father, allow them to see. When they can't see who you are today, because they only see your past, because their heart is dark and it's hardened, because they refuse to see the glory of God. I said that you only can see the glory unless you have a pure heart. So when they can't see who you are, because their heart not pure. That's scripture. We all been there. We all been there. I'm afraid I've been there. I'm an open book. I tell anybody, I've been there a long time ago when I was all daring for God. Oh, I was, I was like, mm, damn, I ain't doing all that. I was like, steering God hard. They were laughing at me. I was talking about God all day, every day. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. You no, know, the Bible said it? Is. God had to, like, hold up now. Hold up. Slow down. Now, now, now you're getting beside yourself. Because don't forget, I had to, I, God had to check me the other day. I was watching a documentary with um, Fat and Toby. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Jamaica. It's all with an N. Okay. And I was, I was like, what? I was going off. I was, I was like, what? Oh, I'm listening to listen to it. Mm, uh, uh, uh. Oh, no. He's talking to her like that? Oh, you was running after him for all these things, running after him for five years? And he told me he didn't want you? I was just going off. And God like, hold up. Nah. Let's that, 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 that talk about your baby daddy. How right, You were going to windshields and stuff. He had to get me in check. He had to check me. He had to check my heart. I said, you know what? And I began to praise him. Thank you, Father, for delivering me, God, when I was losing my mind. Thank you, Father, God, for delivering me out of the mouth of that bear and that lion, Lord. Thank you, oh God, that I'm, I'm in my right mind, Lord. Thank you for setting me free because I was bound. And I began to pray for her and pray for every woman. Began to prophesy that over every woman. I had to do that. God had to check my heart. Because I was still, there was, was a sign saying, ah, ah, you need some healing there. I know I've healed you, but you don't put that grave clothes back on. Because you're getting a little bit a little upset behind it. It's time to let go. Let go, let God. Let me do my work. Let me do. You don't know what's going on there, Mary. You're you just going out what they're saying on that documentary. You didn't even watch the whole episode. You just only watched three episodes. You already judging them. I like, you know what, Lord? I can't watch no more episodes. I don't want to wash it. I don't want to wash it. I'm not going to wash it because I'm not ready. I'm just going to stick with try me, try God's stone. That's all I'm going to stick with. But I say all this is that we can't allow people, we can't allow people to come and to allow people to keep that stone in our life, to keep us bound to the very thing that God delivered us from. It's time to roll away that stone, that stone of reproach. That stone already has been rolling away. Some of you are either still in the tomb. Some of y'all that God has raised, you want to get out of the tomb, but you can't because you're bound to that grave clothes. Some of y'all, the grave clothes have come off, but you're still in that tomb. You don't want to come out the tomb. Come on. God has set you free. You're healed, delivered, and everything, but you can't make that one foot out of that tomb because it's comfortable in this place. But God said, that he said, "Not nah, this season, that you would no longer be bound. Because if you look down on your feet, there's still some shackles on your feet. There's still something that's binding in your feet. And you're doing this, but you're falling every time. When God said, I'm going to cut that cord so you can walk up rightly before me. So you can come out of the tomb. The tomb is not a place for you to live. The tomb is a place where you die. But I am the life and the resurrection. I have come to give you life and to have abundant life. I have freed you, I have delivered you. I have healed you. I have called you. I didn't heal you so you can just live. I healed you so you can thrive. so you can do my work. The greater work, you're allowing your sickness, you're allowing your issue, your situation, you're allowing the thing that you have done. Let it go. Let it go. It's all forgiven. It's all forgiven. It's all forgiven. He's redeeming the time. He's redeeming the time. He's redeeming the time. God said it's time to come out of the tomb. You're sitting in the tomb judging. You're sitting in the tomb like this. You and John go to John 12. You're acting like the Pharisees. They were so upset that Lazarus was alive. You would think they would be rejoicing, all that. You would think they would be praising. But they were so concerned about Jesus. They had the audacity to ask, what are we accomplishing? What are we accomplishing? Jesus is doing a great work. John 10, Jesus said, you are upset of all of my good work? They tell Jesus, No. We're not upset about your great work. We have an issue with you calling yourself the son of God. They got people, they're not upset about the work you're doing. They're upset because they don't want to receive you as being called by God. They see the anointing. They're intimidated by you. They're going to say things. They want to hurt you. They want to tear you down. But that's they use, they're a pawn to the devil to use you to keep you bound. Many of us are limping. Many of us hunt over. Come on, I, I've been there. There were times I, w- I was hunt over. I couldn't get up in the morning. I was like, what is going on? You know why? Because I was carrying the weight of other people on my back. Come on.
0: Come on. I
2: was carrying that weight. Kids, can tell you my lower back, Jennifer had to pray on my back one Sunday. It was hurting so bad. Like, it's screwed. You and I had heels on. So you can imagine. But I wanted to be cute. But you know how it is. And I was carrying that weight, that burden. Yeah. But the last thing I knew, I, had to, I carried, was carrying guilt as well. I had to let go. That pain went away because I was in pain. And after praising worship, it was gone. I had to let go. I can't look like who I used to be. On, every day, we, the Bible says he makes us new uh, every day, right? Why we still look like yesterday? Why you still look like last week? People are amazed that if I tell them my story, how I lost everything, everything. From six figures, from a car, even the cell phone. I want them getting pinky. Pinky, the last little phone I had, it died. I buried her the other day. Yeah, I buried her. Now we have Icy. icy. But Pinky had to go. Pinky, oh, Pinky had to go because Pinky can't. The cell phone was given to me when I lost everything. Three years. And finally, I had to let go. God, in the revelation God gave me, it was time for the to go because she no longer needed. Yeah. Now I'm giving you a new phone. Because in the new season, I can't have you missing things. I can't have you missing phone calls. I can't have you almost butt out and saying the wrong thing to people. I even called Jean Arsenault. My phone called Jean Arsenault while I was on the phone with... Jennifer, we could have been talking about some personal stuff. He would have heard our message. I hope. Oh, yeah, I had, I had to because my phone was going to get me in trouble. But I had to let go. That was the part that was an accessory to that grave clothes. And God said, when you walk into this new scene, you are transitioning now. You are transitioning. You're not just that new zealous young girl when you came to me. You're not just that girl you was insecure because you would complain about your speech or your hearing. You're not just the girl that, that was the, the evangelist and all that preaching God. Now I'm transitioning you to your rightful place. And when that transition, there's warfare. And when there's warfare, that's when God is trying to break some things off of you. And before you can get into that next phase of your life, everything had to, to be let loose of you. Those grave clothes. You can't look like how you were last year. You can't look the same way of that last process. When you're coming out of that process, you're not supposed to look the same way that you went into the process. You are supposed to make new. That grave clothes got to come off. You're thinking about what did I accomplish. That's a good question. You have to ask what did we accomplish. That's a problem. The Bible says you're not supposed to commend yourself to another man, but you commend yourself to who, the word of God to God. He will tell you the thing that you need to do to grow and to be elevated to that next place in Him. He will show you where you need to change. But the problem is that God showed you where you need to change, but you don't want to change. You want to wear that same grave clothes. Oh, that's what I'm used to. No. All I see is dirt. I see filth. I see your old life. And I shouldn't be able to see that. You're holding back what God has for you. And like Mary and like the disciples, they they were used by the enemy to stop Jesus from doing what he was sent to do. In this season, without the freedom, anything that comes to try to stop and hinder the great work will be removed. This is the word of God. Understanding that the the narrative of Nazareth is the foreshadowing of Christ's death. Let's go back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah went through the same thing. Stambalot, Tobiah in the Arabian. Came and tried to stop the great work. Lied on him and all kind of stuff. And what Nehemiah said, why should I entertain you? Why should I stop the great work and entertain you? Because you feel like you haven't accomplished anything. Because it did not fit your mold of what it should look like. God said, I am. You can't, just, you can't put me in a box. No, you can't. You can't even in the ark. God was never in the ark. He is the ark. Come on. So they were carrying the ark. Some of the enemy was thinking that God was in the ark. But God proved them wrong. Like, you can have the ark, but you will die. But just know that I'm not in that ark. They thought that I can, if they can take the ark, that they can control God. But God showed them when every time that statue of Dagon fell over, it broke in half. When, those, when they got those tumors, those boils, they began, oh, oh, we want to give this back to them. But they failed to realize that it, God was not in the ark. He is the ark. He's the ark of covenant, Jesus Christ. And i say said this, that you cannot stop the great work. No one can stop the great work that God has put in you. No one, only you can. And even when you, God will move you out the way and do it anyway. This is a season that you have to rise up. God said, rise up. He's calling you forth. But he needs you to remove the grave clothes. Change your mindset. Change your heart. Put on the full armor of God. Put on meekness, the fruit of the spirit. Where's God? Put on a garment of praise. How can God deliver you from one place that you detect, but you want to bring in that same thing from that old place to the new place? Can I be real? Yeah. While you're not at the church on university? God said before you can even get into Mall Street, and I'm side. before you can even, God say, I'm tired of the church. I'm tired of these pastors. I'm tired of these leaders coming in, making deals with politicians, making deals with the world, but not doing anything for my people. My people are bound. My people are not growing. They are poverty stricken. But yet, you live in the fight. You live in the life that risks life. The life that youth is supposed to be spread out to all his people. Oh. But in this season, if did not have the freedom, there's no coincidence that that, that, that country has been swept over to victory village. Because God said it's victory. They don't even realize that God already marked that they were victor. They don't even realize that they're coming out of that tomb. They don't even realize that would help the freedom get into that place. That it won't be the same that he went on university. It won't be the same when they were at their hotel. This is a new life. A new era. A new thing that God doing this season. God said, I'm bringing new fresh faces. I'm bringing fresh wine. I'm bringing new revelation, So my people would know me for me. Not for what man said. God said, that I, and even now, that every person in the house of freedom. God said, I'm going to shift you. Even when you don't Feel like it. It's not going to feel good. Some of you already experienced some warfare right now, and you're thinking, you you complain to God, you don't want to deal with it, but God said you got to go with it, because oh, it's not going to end in death. It will not end in destruction. It will not. You, He will get the glory. 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 He will get the glory, Inga. He will. You will come out of this. You got to let it go. You got to... Re- And walk into the higher. We're not going there. He said, "Not anything that's not of Him." And you don't believe me? Ask Him yourself. Because I can go back. What He said—that the sickness, the issues, the disobedience, all these things that you're experiencing in your life—will not end in death, It will not end in destruction. But understand, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. And this is for LJ for everyone to understand that God said, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. God hears you. He has always heard you. But they will see that God has sent you. They will see it. Every word they've spoken against you, every word they that's spoken of your life, every person that is trying to stop that great work, we can't hate them. We got to love them. And the reason why we got to love them, because they don't see what God is doing in this hour. They don't see it. But God said in his word, that they, they will see that I have sent you. They will see that I have sent you. They could have showed anybody. He could have showed anybody. He could have showed anybody. Yeah. Gen- Jennifer testified a couple of weeks ago that there was a church. They wanted that building. Yeah, a couple of, people. couple of people wanted that building, and they could not get that building. They even walk around that building praying God to get that building. But guess who got the building? Yeah. Now, God doing it for not because he's LJ. No. He doing it for his glory. We're coming out of the tomb and we no longer wearing those grave clothes. It got to come off. No longer questioning who you are in God. You are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I don't have to say you already know. You already know. I don't, I don't care about what happened three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months ago. God said it's about now. It's now. Next season will be the best season of your life. You ain't gonna walk the same. You're not even gonna look the same. It's all forgiving. It's all forgiving, sis. It's all forgiven. It's all forgiven. You got to forgive yourself. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. No, I don't know why about it. He needs you to come up higher. He needs you to stop remaining. I don't know what's keeping you. Something is keeping you stagnated. Something is keeping you in that place. You are who you are. You know who you are. You rise up to that place. He made room for you. Room for you. And he'd waiting on you. He, you. He's waiting on you. He doesn't need a yes from you. He's not talking about yes in your voice. Yes in your actions. You are well, capable, anointed to do it. You just got to come out of it. The way it was, no more. Get into his presence and learn of him. Let him show you God. Let him show you what is right. Let him show you what his word says. Spend his time so he can bring that word to light to you. So you see understanding for yourself. And you will see God, I got it all. But I thank you. Better late than never. You gotta believe. You gotta believe, Lottie. You gotta believe it. It's all in you. It's all over you. Let me tell you something. As mother, it's not easy. But you are more than a mother, because the Bible's telling it, it is all our kingdom mandate to create, to produce, and to multiply. That wasn't just for us to give birth to our children. It's to bring life to the very thing that God's given us to. Everything that he has in you, it will not stillborn and you will not miscarriage in this season. You will birth, but it's all contingent upon your faith and to believe that he, yes, he will use you. And he's going to use you in his own way. He's going to do it based on your personality because that's people for you. We got to get out of that mold. That everybody, everybody's not for everybody. Yes. Everybody's not. I always talk about a sound. Everybody, not, not my sound, not for everybody. I'm loud. I talk about God all the time, but everybody's not for me. Everybody, everybody, nice to Jennifer. I'm saying to you because you weigh heavily on my heart, and he's trying to light fire on you, but you're not moving. He. You are worthy for it. And I know you're trying to find your place. Where I fit in all of this. But if you spend time with the Father, he's going to show you that place that has your name on it. Oh, and let me tell you something, ain't nobody standing, it. Ain't nobody feeling it. But there's a time when that thing going to close in. And he's going to say, okay, he literally just don't want it. But I'm believing you're going to want it. I'm believing that you're going to want it. <laughs> you just got to change. We all got to change. I'm still changing. We just got to change. That's all he's asking us to do. When he's saying looks so gray clothes, he's saying change. House of Freedom, we're not going to look like Union Hall. We won't look like University. And we sure not going to look like where we came from. We're going to look like a new creature. When we step on the scene, they will notice the house of freedom sent by God. We're not just another ministry or another church. We're his vessel. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for this word that went forth. I thank you, Father God, for your delivering power. That it's working right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that this word is working even now. God, is stirring up the spirit of your people. It's changing the mind of your people, oh God. Even stopping and breaking down the callous of their heart even now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm declaring today. That the grave clothes are coming off in the name of Jesus. That we no longer look like we looked yesterday, last year, or the year before last. But God, we're going to walk in the newness in you in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare today, God, that the grave clothes will no longer keep us bound. Because we decided today, as of today, that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. That we are going to wear that crown of beauty. No longer we got ashes spread all over us. We're going to walk with that garment of praise, giving you a joy, rejoicing how you delivered us and healed us. And we're leaping into our new season in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the oil of joy you're pouring on us. No more sorrow. The Bible declare that you wiped the tears, God, to name. I'm asking you to wipe every last tear in the name of Jesus. No more grieving. We hope in God for better tomorrow. We're hoping God for increasing. We're hoping God for breakthrough. We're hoping God for open doors opportunity. We're hoping God in the name of Jesus, oh God. We declare we won't be lonely this season, God, but we will wrap ourselves in you, God, and that God, we will no longer reject the people that you sent to us, God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Father, we are forward thinkers. I'm declaring today that we are forward thinkers, that we're moving moving forward in your thing and we will not stop the great work that not only that you're doing in us but what you're doing through us in the name of Jesus Father I prophesied over this house that this house, God, will be a beacon light, a city on the hill as you declare on your word. This is a city light, God. This is a house where the children of life, God, sprightly shine that place. Moss Street, God. Cancro, God. North Star, God. In the name of Jesus. Fighting field, God. Truman, God. And the Park, God. In the name of Jesus. Cancrow, let y'all. Acadia parents, Lord. We will be a beacon light God. Leading those out of darkly into your marvelous light. We declare it this though. And this season we will not allow anyone to put that stone back on. We're rolling that stone of reproach, and we tell the stone of reproach to crush, 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 turn to death now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just give you praise. We praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in the name of jesus we praise your name god we praise your name in the name of jesus father we praise you we glorify you Let's just glorify him today. Let's just worship him. Let's just usher him. Come on, let's get on our feet and worship him. Come on, it's time to get on our feet. We've been too stagnated. Our body wasn't built to sit down. Our body was built to rejoice him and to glorify him. Rejoice. Rejoice. Glorify that. Come on, worship him. Tell him how much you love him. Thank him for delivering you. Thank you for healing him. Come on. I need to hear you. God wanna hear your voice. He wanna hear it. How about that Baba say yeah? In the name of Jesus, rejoice, rejoice, Father, praise your way. Come on, praise your way through it. Praise Him, praise them. Come on, every child, praise them. every child. I don't care how old you are, young and old. Praise him. praise him, praise Him, praise Him, praise. I thank you, I thank you, Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you, whatever. I, say say. I thank you for life, God. I thank you died on the cross for me. I thank you that you were crucified for me. I thank you that you love me so much that you laid it down all for me. I thank you that you thought I was worth to die for. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. all No more going back. I'm not going back to my old ways. I'm not wearing them old dirty stinking clothes no more. I'm walking in newness. I'm wearing my new dress. i today I said today I'm changing my mindset today I'm changing my heart today no more no more no more no more if anyone need prayer if you and you're ready to walk into the new of God if you're ready to walk in the new of God if you want to recommit to God if you want you thinking restoration this is your hour this is your hour. In the name of Jesus. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Worship him. Glorify him. Come on. I Come on. need to hear. He wants to hear your voice. He needs to hear your heart. That's the problem. We're not praising him enough. He wants that. Come on. He wants that praise. We don't need the music. We don't need the breathing. We don't need the wave. We don't need all. Oh, we got that praise inside of us. Come on, let that praise out. Let that praise out. Let it out. Let it out. Yeah. Hallelujah. <speaking> in, say say. in the name of Jesus. <speaking> With you you. a babash today. the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh,
1: never be the same. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same. Hallelujah. I don't want to be the same. And I heard the word of the Lord today. Amen. Those grave clothes. Take that off. And what I loved about that message, don't let people define you. Because nobody has the right to speak over you, but God. And if God didn't say it concerning you, don't believe it, don't receive it, amen. But you walk in what God has spoken over you, period. I love the way Paul said that. Paul said, who is he shall, that can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's, a, it's Christ that died, yea, rather, that's risen again. So if Christ is not judging you, and I love that because when we look at that word and the Bible says do not judge I realize that the Christian community most of us don't understand what they saying when you judge a thing you declare the end of a thing and God is telling people don't declare the end of a thing judge not I mean don't declare the end of a thing he said because if you declare the end of a thing then I'll declare your end judge not that you be not judged he said but when you're saying that something is judged, what you're saying is God can't help them. God say, never judge. Don't put a cap on somebody. Never declare that I can't help somebody. Just because you give up on them, and just because you're tired of dealing with them, and just because you think they've been like that too long, God is saying, you don't judge that. Let me judge that. Jesus said, I didn't come to declare the end of y'all. He say the time is going to come for that but I came to save y'all. Man, isn't the gospel so beautiful? I love the gospel of Christ. Amen. As we get ready to go, y'all acting like y'all don't want to go nowhere. I feel that. Like y'all enjoying yourself. Y'all feel that? Like that Holy Ghost all in the atmosphere? Can't keep y'all here all day. Hear the word of the Lord, though, because I know I'm receiving it woke up this morning and when I woke up I didn't even realize that God had took me into this dream. I didn't even I started thinking about it as I started moving around. Obviously she had no clue that God showed me that. I mean I just told Shannon and Brown in the house and he showed me. He showed us what we're going to look like. He showed me past Mall Street already. I saw that this morning. Where we were was bigger than Mall Street. It was beyond Mall Street. And then when I saw it, he started to show me that he said, But use this season to get ready. Cause in that dream, everything was beautiful. It was the it was like the maturation of where House of Freedom gonna be. But we had a couple of problems. One problem was we started church, it was 1023. And I remember that number vividly and God was like, and then I was getting ready to go preach and right when I was getting ready to go, the guy was putting a wireless mic on and when he was putting a wireless mic on, I said, yeah, I've been using that. And you know, everything felt comfortable. But then in my mind, I was like, but man, I didn't write my scriptures down. And God say, son, y'all not ready yet. He said, this is the season where I'm bringing order to you house. And don't reject the order he say because you can't expand without order. We were sitting in the auditorium, but he said, You can't go in that auditorium operating with these old grave clothes on. He said, I'm getting ready to shift y'all, but it's gonna have to be a mental shift, it's gonna have to become a professionalism about you, God. Y'all gonna have to become excellent, y'all gonna have to become no excuses. We can't move forward with every obstacle we face is an excuse to back up. We can't let no excuses. And this is what the Lord was sharing with me saying, just look at how people come to church. You don't prepare to come to the house of God Sunday morning. You prepare Saturday. You don't prepare. You don't wake up at the last minute. Oh, I got to go to church. That God was saying, that's showing me how they feel about it. God said, don't serve me out of a burden. God said, I'm not nobody's burden. God said, I don't want to be your burden. God said, I'm not a burden. I'm too magnificent. I'm too wonderful. I'm too glorious to be somebody's burden. God said, I'm not looking for people to serve me because I'm a burden to them or I'm just something they have to do. You say, but I'm looking for people that's going to put me first that's going to look at their life and shift things and move things and going to stop telling me, God, I have a little time, I'm going to give you that. No, God said, I'm looking for people that's going to tell other people, if I have time, I'll call you back. But right now, I'm with God. That's the season God is taking. He he said, just look at it, just pay attention. It's a spiritual condition. It's a spiritual thing about Idolatry, and that's what you got to realize. People don't realize what idolatry is. If something is stopping you from putting God first, it's an idol. It's an idol. Nothing should stop you from entering into his gates with praise. You can't say, Well, I got my kid had me late. No. Tell your kids Sunday and Saturday night what you wearing tomorrow. Put it on the bed. Think about that. If you gotta go to work at 8 o'clock, you can't wake up at 7:30 to go to work. And you gotta drive 30 minutes. You gotta get up at 6. And you gotta have things that that's if your job is important. If you, you know, if you make good money, you know, if you realize, if you feel like this is a good career, a good job, you're gonna make sure, hey. I don't care if I got to drive two hours, I'm going to be that eight because I make 150 a year. I see people travel all the way to West Texas, get on helicopters, go offshore because they're going to get big money. Am I right, Jordan? Jordan traveled all the way to Lake Charles because he worked at that plant. I guarantee you the reason he go all the way to Lake Charles and be early is because it's valuable. If it's valuable, you move things out of the way for it. God said in 2022, I ain't going to be nobody burdened. God said, I don't want to be your burden. I want you to do it because you love me. That's where I met with God. I thank God that you, you got to move into a place in your relationship to where if you look around and it's just you and him, you're perfectly okay with that. I'm telling you, you got to get to a place in your relationship where you got to rise above people influencing your walk with God. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited, man. I just feel good in my spirit. I just love Jesus. Y'all have a pastor that just love Jesus. Amen. I ain't going to even lie to you. I just love Jesus because when I think about all that he done for me, how he literally took my place y'all, there's no sacrifice too great that I can do to pay him back. I mean, y'all, he literally was sitting in heaven next to God, and he said, just give me a body, and I'm going to go down to people that reject me. I'm going to go down to my own people, and I won't be received. In fact, my own people are going to crucify me and nail me to that cross. There's literally no sacrifice I can make to repay that nothing. So I was listening to Jonathan McRenner's song this week. And y'all might say, Pastor, you because I just felt like I felt like, you know that song where he say, make room, move that over. I just kind of felt like God was just saying, I haven't been seeing you like I want to. And I just started saying, move that over. That's the kind of my relationship with God. God, you don't have to, like, argue with me. You don't have to, like, rebuke me. All you got to do is just give me an inkling that you miss me. I'm coming. I said, okay, I'm going to go to bed early today because I can get up at five. Because if I got to meet you earlier, and that's how your relationship have to be, y'all. Y'all know my daughter just had a baby, right? Well, her husband went offshore. She moved in and it kind of changed the dynamics of the house and my normal time to get with God changed. I said, okay, I'll tell you what I got to do. I said, all right, you can stay. I just have to make an adjustment. I learned the way they move, their patterns, and I shifted my prayer time because nothing earthly is going to affect that. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Nothing earthly is going to affect my walk with him. It's not going to happen. And that's how you got to get in your walk. You can't let earthly things interfere with your walk with God. Amen. So y'all get ready for the shift, man. It's beautiful. That's what touched me because she literally had no idea. She had no idea. That's what our theme going to be for our New Year's service. Shift. We, we got to shift. Amen. This God is looking for us to shift. We don't want 2020, 2022 to look like 2021. And 2021 ain't bad because God kept us. Amen. I thank you for keeping us. But there comes a point in time where God has said, okay, now it's time to go to the next level. And that's where we're going. Amen. So all of you that's ready to step into this new year, amen, let me see your hand. Nobody say, no more grave clothes. Somebody say, no more pity party. Somebody say, I'm going to be who God says I am. Say, devil, roll that stone away. I say, devil, I'm rolling that stone away. No more grave clothes. I'm going to walk in newness of life. Brand new, so let me read my number six. I think you started that playing that never be the same. That's a beautiful song, that's beautiful. You, why you stop singing that? Oh, just not a song. I just wanted to worship for a moment. Let me read this number six so we can go. Y'all give the woman of God seriously a hand clap. Amen. Thank God for her releasing amen. When I didn't see all her footprint all week, I said, okay, I know what that means. (laughs) I said, okay, I know what that means. She didn't disappear. She hibernating over there. Amen. But it's amazing how God gave her that new phone to shake that old pass off. It's beautiful the way, the subtle ways God will speak to you. I caught that. I said, okay, God said, I don't want See, when God bringing you forward, he don't want no trace. They came out of that fire with no smoke on them. Huh? Everything new, I huh, pre. Everything new when God do it. Numbers chapter six. We're gonna read that real quick, and we're gonna get up out of here. Number six. Sisters, don't y'all have something going on today? Y'all wanna, y'all, all of y'all sisters, y'all know y'all going to bonefish fish and having a wonderful time. We went to Shona's yesterday, the brothers. We had a good time. Amen. We had a great wonderful, magnificent time getting to know one another. Thank God for that. Ladies, y'all go out there and y'all have a good time. I know y'all will. Amen. Number six, 24 to 27. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. If you know it, come with me because let this rest on your life. I'll start over. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus name.